Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The story took place in the early 2000s when my then boyfriend and I were in the process of renting an apartment together in northern Kentucky. Due to our credit history at the time, our options were limited to locations around the area that we were trying to stay in. We needed more space for when his two children came down to visit, since his daughter needed her own bedroom, and we wanted him to have an office to work remotely during the winter months whenever it got really bad on the roads to travel back and forth. We had just viewed the model apartment in this complex, and we had signed the paperwork for the 12-month lease. We were scheduled to do a walkthrough before moving in, and I had called him to tell him that I was running late, and I asked him if he could do it since I wasn't going to be able to get there in time since I had to pick up my son from daycare, and that I would miss my appointment completely by then. My then-boyfriend reluctantly agreed and called me when he was on his way there, bitching that he had to deal with it after his long work day. We got off the phone when I had heard the apartment manager then greet him. For reference, the apartment manager was a small-framed man of maybe about 5 foot 6 inches, and he was a slightly balding blonde man who apparently had a big crush on my then-boyfriend, hence my boyfriend's annoyed attitude. I had just gotten out of my son's daycare when I reached my car, and my phone was vibrating and lighting up like a Christmas tree. I looked down at the seat as I buckled my son and picked it up, as I then answered my then-boyfriend. As I answered... My then-boyfriend was huffing out the words, Where are you? Are you okay? I answered that I was still at the daycare. I heard a giant sigh of relief, then he said for me to meet him at the apartment office as soon as I could get there. When I got there, two cop cars were in the parking lot, and the cops were talking to both my then-boyfriend and the apartment manager. Apparently what happened was when my then-boyfriend had entered the apartment, he was in the doorway when another resident called over to the apartment manager with an issue in their apartment. As my then-boyfriend was looking through the kitchen taking notes of things that still needed to be fixed, he thought he heard the shower running. He stopped what he was doing, and he called out a hello. That's when a tall, dark-skinned man popped his head around the corner and then said, Yeah, just a minute! Then the shower turned off completely. That's when my boyfriend went and turned the hallway light on, and then saw the man rush into the doorway holding something. Luckily, my boyfriend was a big, tall man himself, because this must have scared the guy who then bolted to the other side of the room, and my boyfriend then heard a loud thudding sound. Just then, the manager then came into the apartment. They both just looked at each other, shocked as hell, then ran to see the man dart back into the building through a side door leading to the basement storage area through the unlocked window that he jumped through. And since our apartment building was at the ground floor level, it was really easy for him to get away without hurting himself. The apartment manager and my boyfriend then bolted after him, and as they ran, the manager dialed 911 telling them to hurry and they were chasing a burglar and he was armed. When the cops arrived, the man was gone. Apparently he was a homeless man who had broken into a locked storage area by kicking in the door and with the door busted, he could hide in the small area in the warm basement to sleep. They had found two pay stubs from nearby. It's ones where you get paid the same day. It was from a work temp agency with a name, and a few things that showed the guy had been staying there for two weeks at least. 
These storage areas were right by the washing machines and dryers that anyone in the apartments could use. The cops had figured that since he was staying there, he must have seen workers coming into our apartment painting, and that they must have left the windows open, because when they had checked out the apartment, the screen had been cut by a knife of some kind. When my boyfriend interrupted his shower, that was the only thing that saved him, because the police found a six-inch knife of some kind in the storage area that he must have dropped when he went back in to get his things from there. Hearing all this from my boyfriend and the cops, we immediately decided to cancel our lease, and luckily the apartment manager was very understanding. We moved into another apartment not long after that in an area closer to where I worked at the time, and thankfully nothing like that ever happened. We've since parted ways, and I'm now living in a different state, but I can't help but wonder what would have happened if I had been there with my three-year-old son instead. I always check my windows and doors because of that, and I always tell my friends to never get a ground floor apartment. For some context, I'm a guy. This happened when I was 20. One night around 11.30pm, I was in my apartment in the apartment complex that I used to live in at the time, but not anymore. Anyway, I had just gotten out of the shower and dried off, and right after I had put on my underwear and shirt on. I got a notification on my phone about somebody standing in my window. Yeah, I have a security camera hooked outside next to the window, and it's hooked up to my phone. Well, standing at the window was a guy who looked to be in his late 20s. I didn't recognize him at first, and I saw he was holding a gun. I freaked out, and then I put on my socks, shoes, and jackets and got the hell out of the apartment. I didn't want to waste too much time so I didn't put my pants on before leaving. I then left my apartment. I immediately closed and locked my apartment door very quietly, and I ran like hell down the hallway, and I then went to one of the side doors since I didn't want to be seen by the guy. I got outside and ran as fast as I could to an abandoned building. The entire time I was running, I was continuously looking behind me to see if the guy was chasing me. The guy never was behind me, thankfully. When I got to the abandoned building, I called 911 and told them everything. I also told them where I was so they could come get me. Keep in mind that it was winter, so it was really cold then, and me being almost a mile away from my apartment outside really made me cold. About 10 minutes later, a police car arrived and I got in. I told the officer everything that happened, and he said he was going to go check it out. I then got into his car. When we arrived at the complex, I led him to my outside window around the corner, and the guy was still standing there. The officer then told the guy to step away with his hands up. The guy actually agreed, then he arrested him. I had approached the guy myself, getting a little closer. That's when I recognized him to be a former co-worker of mine who got fired. I then explained to the officer that I used to work with the guy. I also have a video on my phone of him punching a female co-worker in the face. The guy claimed that he wanted to come to my apartment to wait for me to open the curtains. Then he admitted that he was going to smash the window in and then kill me by shooting me in the head. Before he was taken away, he just went on with empty threats. I ended up going to the courthouse and I issued a restraining order against him so he could no longer approach me or contact me in any way, shape, or form. I haven't seen or heard from the guy since, and to the guy who wanted to shoot me. I really hope you're getting the help you need, 
and I hope you never do this again to anyone else. But yeah, that was quite an experience for me. I really hope to never go through that again. I wanted to share this story because it's been on my mind for a while, and I always wonder what happened, but I don't think I'll ever know. I live in a single-story, one-bedroom apartment, and each apartment building has four different units, two on one side and two at the other. My bedroom window faced the other apartment building. This apartment had a drunk on the left that sang and yelled at herself all the time, and an abusive boyfriend on the right that beats her every once in a while. The place I live in is filled with drug dealers, swingers, and generally just bad people all around. I mean, this place is kinda ghetto if you know what I mean. The story is about the abusive boyfriend. It started seven years ago when I was in the bedroom playing a game on my computer, when I had started hearing screaming and yelling by both of them. This has been happening ever since I moved in, but this was way different. She started screaming for help, and you could hear what sounds like slaps. I called the cops and then they went over to the apartment. Then after they were done talking, I asked, well, what was going on? To which they just said, they're fine. Just call back if it happens again. A couple of days later, the girlfriend's mom comes to my door crying and asking, have you seen my daughter come out of the apartment lately? I can't find her anywhere. I just tell her no, and I then explain the situation to her. Apparently, she knew all about this, and she said she kept telling her to leave him and come back home, but that she refused, and now I and the mom would never know what happened. All I can do is hope that she's still alive and leaves his ass. My name is Summer. My story happened about a year ago. I meant to send this sooner, but I'm quite lazy. I was 21 years old when this happened to me, and to give you an idea, I'm about 5 foot 5 with a petite build, and I live in Indiana. The city that I live in is quite known to have a lot of crackheads, murder, SWAT team raids, you name it. It's a pretty dangerous place. One night, I decided to invite my friend over that I hadn't seen since high school. The plan was to walk around downtown and find some of those electric scooters and just skate and smoke. It was about 10 p.m. when she showed up. It was also winter, so we bundled up and headed outside. To give you an idea, I live on a river walk. My apartment building has a security gate around the entire building and outside of the gate is a long sidewalk that takes you under a bridge and to an ice skating park along with some restaurants. On one side of the sidewalk is a deep river and then on the other side is all the buildings. Now, walking along this sidewalk, there are different sections of the bridge that you can pass over onto the other side. Anyways, we ended up walking down to the ice skating park, and we started smoking a J. We noticed a cop car driving by us. Weed isn't exactly legal where I live, so we did our best to act nonchalant as if the J was a cigarette. The cop actually didn't even seem to notice or care, and just kept driving. My friend and I felt a big relief, but had I known what was coming next, I would have gladly gotten the back seat of the squad car. As we continued to walk around on the river walk by the skating rink smoking RJ, I had started to get the sense that someone was outside too. To avoid looking like a paranoid freak infant of my friend, 
I nonchalantly looked over my shoulder when I noticed a man walking behind us. He was maybe about 5 foot 10 white, skinny with brown hair, dressed in jeans and a hoodie. His hoodie was up on his head, even though it was 10 p.m. and it wasn't raining or snowing. He had his hands in his pocket, and most importantly, I'll never forget his thick, perky-looking mustache. I don't know, just thinking about his mustache always gives me pedo vibes. He was probably late 30s or early 40s. Frigged out now, I hadn't said anything to my friend yet, just continued to talk to her about our careers. I could still hear her talk, but I was only listening to the sounds behind me. That's when all of a sudden, he blurts out with an easygoing voice. Hey, does one of you have a cigarette I can butt off you? I'm assuming he thought our Jay was a sick. Even still, as soon as he did speak to us, I instantly got mad and scared. My mother always told me that you don't have to be nice to strangers. You don't even have to answer. Just walk or run away. Remembering what my mother said, I just replied back with, No! Very bluntly and angrily. However, my friend very kindly just said, No, sorry, we don't have any cigarettes. All through this conversation, we had never stopped walking, and we continued keeping our distance. I think we both knew if we gave him the opportunity to come close to us, it would definitely be game over. After telling him no, we continued to walk, and he just said, Oh, okay. And made his body language like, Oh, I tried asking my questions and it was a no. I'll try somewhere else for a sick. Except he didn't stop there. He continued to follow us and he asked us again, Do you know where I can get some free Wi-Fi? Instantly, I'm pissed again. Just because he should know better than to try and walk and talk to two little petite girls alone at night. But because right across the river is a glowing yellow McDonald's sign, any idiot can see the sign and know to get there. So now I'm 100% positive he's up to no good. I responded, No! More bluntly and more angrily. But of course, my kind friend had said, No, I'm sorry, but there's a McDonald's right over there. And again, he just said, Oh, okay. And made it very clear with his body language. If they have no Wi-Fi, I'll leave then. Sorry for bothering you. As we're walking, I had 911 on speed dial in my pocket now. I had no weapons on me, so I improvised in putting my keys between my fingers. I'm still checking over my shoulder, making sure that he's not trying to get closer to us, all while trying to plan an escape in case he starts charging us. Right next to us, we just passed the bridge to get to the side with the McDonald's that he made it apparent he was going to walk across the bridge and depart from us. At this point, it's absolutely crucial that I make the right decision to start planning my escape. The route we take up is along the sidewalk, and we have to get to the street and cross over and run to the other side of the street where my apartment is. That, or I go under the bridge and run up to my apartment. I definitely didn't choose under the bridge. So we started to walk up the hill, and I still check behind me, and I'll never forget this image. He's standing maybe 30 feet from me, and he's standing under a tree, hood up and all, still as could be. But his eyes, his eyes were piercing right through my soul with the most menacing look I've ever seen. We turned the corner, and I then faintly said, Run! We're running for our lives at this point, 
and my dumbass friend stops in the middle of the street, out of breath, and she tells me that she can't run anymore. This damn girl. I couldn't believe it. A psycho's following us, wanting God knows what, and she can't make it across the street. My weed is good, but it's not surrender to a killer good. I could literally see my security gate. We just had to make it another 20 feet. But and I look back at the corner we ran from, and now he's running too. I snatched my friend by her hood, and I dragged her with me. We finally made it inside my gate, and I latched it shut. We're rummaging through my pockets to grab the key fob that opens the side door to the building, and then all panic sets in. The door reads my key fob, and my friend and I push ourselves inside. Just as the side door shuts, the crazy mustache man then appears and slams onto the gate. I couldn't hear him through the glass door, but he looked like he was chuckling. I was so freaked out that I didn't even take the elevator. I just bolted for the stairs and ran up to the third, and I then slammed into my apartment grasping for air while telling my boyfriend everything that happened. I never walk outside on the river walk anymore. I truly have no idea what would have happened to us if we even stopped to answer his questions. Or worse, if I hadn't noticed him walking behind us in the first place. It gives me the chills not knowing what could have happened to us. Why was he laughing? What was he even doing out there? Regardless, I'm very thankful nothing violent happened to us. My name is Clea, and when I was living in California, I had a scary stalker. Josh was well known for slipping roofies and girls' drinks at bars, and then watching what happened for his own entertainment. There was a night where my friends were DJing and go-go dancing, and a bunch of us got roofied. I don't remember anything from that night other than my friends taking me back to their house to make sure nothing happened to me. I lost most of my stuff, but thankfully not my keys, wallet, or phone. I woke up at 3am at my friends and then threw up for the rest of the night. Josh was also known for posing as a photographer on Craigslist, and a friend who won't call Allie fell for it when she moved to LA and was in need for money. This guy drugged her, took her clothes off, and took nudes of her while she was unconscious. Later on, he would go to her music page on Facebook and then post the nudes repeatedly in the middle of the night. Her mods had to stay up deleting everything over and over again. This was before you could blog people from pages. He's also sexually assaulted many girls in his life. He has charges for assault and battery and domestic violence. Well, at some point, he decided he would stalk me and then threatened to drug me on social media. I tried to file a police report, and just like every other girl that has filed reports against him, the police either talk them out of filing or just flat out refuse and say they can't do anything. At one point, there was actually a petition to get him locked in prison for all the druggings and assaults because of him. He was somehow getting six months worth of Xanax, and he would sell it around Hollywood Boulevard even after he was on probation. His lawyer somehow got all of his felonies expunged from his record and now he's working as a psychiatrist. The only reason he even got that degree is to help him manipulate people, including the legal system. He always puts on the good guy act before his true colors come out. He began showing up at private events I was at without even being invited, and he's not friends with any of the people there. All he'd do is drink his drink while staring at me before leaving, and would later find a way to contact me as I was waiting for a taxi. 
His messages were usually like, I see you down the street. It really makes me so sad that you won't talk to me. I ended up getting a taser because he just wouldn't leave me alone, and he started making death threats to my friends. He would frequently show up outside my apartment building in the middle of the night, and the security guard kept catching him before he'd run off. My guess is he was trying to figure out how to climb into my balcony and then break into my apartment. LAPD refused to do anything to get him to leave me alone. The stalking and harassment continued for another five years or so. This guy is 40, and a couple of years ago he drugged a minor, filmed himself having sex with her, and then actually uploaded it to Pornhub while claiming it was his girlfriend. He also dated a barely legal porn star and he got her hooked so bad on meth that she took her own life. True story. Somehow he's allowed to own weapons and his probation officer didn't even do anything about the reports of drug usage and sales. I just don't get it. Josh, I hope we never meet again. And I really hope that you never drug, stalk, harass, or assault any other young girls. Hey everyone, that's about it for today's stories. If you have your own story that you would like to send, you can send it in at southerncannibal.com or you can email it at southerncannibalstories at gmail.com. I look forward to telling your story. Have a good night or good day, everyone. And remember, to always.